Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And today I am talking to one of my most favorite people on the planet. We will be having some laughs as always because we can't help ourselves, but we're also going to be um, shining the light on a shining the light boy. I don't know. That's kind of trite, but we're going to be talking about a topic that is important. It is uh, it can be a little serious. So we're going to be talking about Oliver's um, coming out story. October 11th is National Coming Out Day. So um, like I said, we're, we're not going to just be all serious because we could never do that, Oliver and I. Um, so I've already given his name, which is a horrible introduction. Shame on me. I should know better. But so my friend, Oliver Ord, has been a friend of mine since we were 14. So that's over 35 years ago. I don't think he minds me giving the age away because we're both proud people. We like to live our lives at uh, at where we are at. And I turned 50 in September. And if you haven't listened to my fabulous 50 series, shame on you, slap your fingers, slap your, (laughs) slap your anything. Uh, No, check it out because I was basically every week featuring a different woman in her fifties who had something awesome that she did with her life. Um, You know, people who are running, people who had a life-threatening illness and it, it changed their lives. So each week there was a different woman I highlighted. So please check that out if you haven't listened to the Fabulous 50 series. But let's get back to today because this is about my guest, Oliver, who is a dear friend, who is kind, who is funny, who's sweet, has great taste in music and who I love. So welcome, Oliver. Thank you, Janine. And I'm one of your favorite people on the planet. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. So I'm glad we have that commonality. It would be awkward if we didn't, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would be very, (laughs) you're my favorite person on the planet. Huh? That would have been my response. Like, hmm. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And so, you know, when someone says, I love you, and like, they're like, thank you. That's nice. Instead of saying, I love you back. (laughs) I just saw that. I'm sorry. I just saw that um, on a show. And I, I'm trying to think of what the heck show it was. And he, yeah, sex someone education. said, I, oh, sex education. Yes, yes. So he, she said, I love you. And he said, what did he say? Thank you. Or that's nice. I, or I think he said, thank you. Or that's nice. Or yeah, you know, that, that awkwardness. So no, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. And I say that all the time. I love you to death. And I'm so happy to be talking to you today. Well, thank you so much. And I know who your favorite person on the planet is. And that's Madonna, everyone, right? Well, is it, it is Madonna. That goes without saying, yes. But she's, some people believe in God. I believe in Madonna. So she's, she's human. I get that. I'm not a total fool, but she is kind of, de- <laughs> she is kind of deity to me, so. Okay. All right. And that's, that's fine. That's great. We, uh, we all I have hint a little <laughs> jealousy in that. <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I find myself like a goddess, but okay. All right. Um, oh, honey, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love your compliments sometimes almost seem like, oh, you're so much like snarkiness. No, wait, what's that new, that, what that new ki- saying the kids are saying you're so extra. Oh, extra. Am I extra? Oh, <laughs> you're extra fun. Extra fun. Extra special. <laughs> <laughs> Extra. Okay, stop. All right, no. No, let's get back to, okay, well, we can have some banter, but <laughs> not that any of this is scripted or planned, but no. So <laughs> Oliver and I have talked before on my podcast 
about first i think about movies uh oliver loves to uh he's written um a movie a day right a blog that was a movie a day which was awesome because oliver he's someone he's probably the only person i know who would buy you would buy all the oscar nominated movies right the dvds back in the day or vhs's right correct back in the day i used to buy every film that was nominated whether it was five or ten movies now i just buy the winner okay the one that wins so best picture so we've I, I've cut down on expenses <laughs> I have. 2020 was a tough year. Yeah, for for many of us, right? So Oliver and I spoke about movies earlier, and we had a good conversation uh, a couple months ago. I think it might have been in June. And then we talked about concerts, which we had a blast because we've gone to concerts together, Madonna, George Michael, and uh, he has a program story, which you'll have to listen to (laughs) that podcast. We've talked about um, uh, music. So we could talk about pretty much anything because we just, you know, you have those people in your life who you could be yourself with, which I think is so important. Um, you could show who you really are and you could be honest. And Oliver and I have had fun together for many years and I, I don't know what it is about him, but when we get together, he makes me laugh so much that I snort giggle and I just get silly and it's the best feeling in the world. It's like laughing gas. So Oliver is that person to me, the person I can be real with. And so we could talk about anything, but today, like I said we really want to talk about um well we want to talk about his coming out story and you know if this can resonate with anyone or if if you're just thinking of coming out or if you've just come out no matter what age um you know there's there's probably something in here that i i hope will be inspirational or helpful so oliver i'm going to turn it over to you why don't you tell us just a little bit about when you knew you were gay if i can say gay is that how you identify i know it's important to ask right Correct. I identify as gay. Yes. Um, it's, it's, I wish I had a simple, easy story to tell. I don't because I, a lot of, I always say all the time, a lot of people like are born out of the closet. They jump out and lead the parade with the flags and everything. I always say that I was dragged out kicking and screaming because I did not have an easy time coming out and I didn't come out as later in life. I was 20, 28. It was 1998. So whatever I was, do your math. <laughs> That's the age <laughs> that I was. Um, every, I'll say with the coming out stories, every story is different. Every story is unique. It doesn't make one better than the other or easier or all that happened. It's just my truth. Um, so if I say things that offend people or you don't like, I don't mean to do that. It's just, I don't think I will, but I don't know your listeners. So um it's just I don't truth. really I know them truth. all either. So that's okay. No. And I like to, <laughs> okay. again, I like to say, and cause someone else said something a couple of weeks back, Terry, um, on the podcast, <clears throat> excuse me about offending listeners. And, you know, I will tell you, I, you know, we're in the midst of, and we talked about this before cancel culture and you know what, you're not going to be deliberately offensive. I know you, you're not going to, you're not intentionally trying to be hurtful. Not, you know, neither am I. If someone does get offended, this is like, I know this is not super popular thinking these days, but it's okay. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like what's said, but you can either, you can turn this off if you want, or you can mm-hmm. kind of roll your eyes and say, well, that's stupid, or I don't like that. And then listen a little longer and maybe you'll hear something that you do like. So it's okay. So I, again, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you don't have to apologize because I'm not a big fan of, you know, you didn't do anything. You're, you're just no. sharing your story. So that's okay. Correct. Yeah. And then just because I'm sure that I'll say things that will, you know, irk people maybe a little bit. And so just putting that out there that it's, I'm only doing it because it's my truth and stuff. 
And I apologize, I have a little, some notes written down. Usually we can have a conversation, but I wanted to make certain points and get them across that I thought were important. So if you see me look, well, you see me, or if you're just listening, then forget I even said this, wipe it from your memory. Um, but if you're watching this, then I will be looking. I may, may say something. Um, again, as a child, it's, it's sometimes hard to put in words. I don't recall having any type of weird feelings or odd feelings. I always felt weird. I always, I was an introvert. I was very shy. I was the, the child that stood behind my mother and my mother, you knew my mom, she was about five foot four and a hundred pounds. So I would always hide behind her. Um, and just a shy kid, I never wanted to go out. I was very into school, religion, believe it or not, which, you know, comes into a big part of my coming out story, believe it or not. Um, I was just a very shy, introverted, weird kid. Like I felt like I didn't fit in. I was weird, but I never, it, I never equated it to my sexuality or to who my, or what my orientation was or who I was as a human being. It was just, I didn't fit in. I felt weird. I felt like an oddball. <clears throat> and, and excuse my allergies if I clear my throat a lot. It's a tough time down these North Carolinas, let me tell you. Um, so it wasn't like you, you know me, you sent 14, like when I was 14, I, I still, I don't remember, I don't recall ever having any type of feelings towards men or boys my age at that time. I just didn't, I see my, saw myself more as asexual looking back, of course, hindsight's 2020. I was in orchestra. I played the flute. I loved Madonna. I love Broadway shows. Can you be more stereotypical? You know what I mean? Like, and again, 2020 hindsight is 2020. Most, and you can interject, most friends probably would be like, yeah, I'm not surprised or knew or just didn't say anything or didn't have that conversation. But me, in my mind, it, I didn't have any type of feelings. I didn't have any type of urges um, besides your normal 14 year old boy hormone urges that you have. Um, and a lot of it has to do with Madonna, believe it or not, because when I saw Madonna rolling on the stage in a wedding dress singing like a virgin, I was a 14 year old boy or 13 or 14, I can't remember. And it was 1984. <clears throat> so I was 13. That turned me on. That was, I was like, damn, that's hot. And like, so she was like my sex. So like my sexual attraction was always like Madonna. And because she was a female, it never entered my mind frame that I was attracted to boys. Now, you know that I was not, and I shouldn't say boys, men, because that makes it sound creepy. But so, again, there's you, something that I shouldn't say that's to be a, you were a boy I was a boy myself at the time. <laughs> yeah, Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> As it came out of my mouth, I'm like, ooh, that sounded creepy. Um, I'll try to use men, men, um, because I like men. I, I do. try to use men, um, too. <laughs> oh that's another topic oh, honey honey okay <laughs> um and it's like so like you probably can say like oh well he was a huge madonna fan he had madonna posters in his locker you know i'm did you think i was gay yeah and um again this is this is the part where it could offend because again different generation and we talked about this earlier right. there's you know we're talking uh, 1980s people so yeah we're you know and that's the thing about people who get offended by certain words or behaviors that were back in like the 1900s or whatever like it was the time so sure if, if we brought those people into today 
you'd want to, you know, uh, inform them and everything. But like, you, you, you know, you're not more, most people are not uh, light years ahead of where they're living. Right. So, right. yeah. So being stereotypical, I will put that out there. You know, when I was 14 and we were friends, it was like, and, and I wasn't alone in this thinking like, oh, we just, we thought Oliver was gay because, you know, but again, by stereotyping you because you liked Madonna and because you weren't afraid to wear, you know, a, a purple tie or a purple shirt or something, you know, that, you know, certain guys wouldn't do. So yeah, we right. kind of thought that and, but, but it's not about us. So. Right. You know. And and again, it's like, again, I'll, the last time I'll use it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like those were thoughts that me wearing a purple tie, I wore a purple tie because I liked purple tie. Like it was nice. My mother bought a lot of my ties and she was, she's snappy. She likes fashion and she was a snappy dresser and made me a snappy dresser. And I liked it. So like things like that, when you said that, it made me chuckle because I'm like that, not even something that I would even have thought of. Um, again, I was, people always are strange. When I say, when I use the word introvert, describing myself, people are always like, really? Because they don't see that as me. But I think once I find a, a unique group of friends like you and who we hung around with, I was more myself. I felt okay to be me. <clears throat> but generally speaking, even to this day, meeting new people, I'm still very shy and, and you know, introverted. And I'm also, I've, I've done community theater and acting and stuff and put me on stage with a script and tell me how to move and a character to be, no problem. I just don't want to talk and be myself is that's the thing. So, and I think it has a lot to do with my whole coming out story is like, <clears throat> but again, in high school, I would describe myself as asexual. Now, you know me, I was an honor student. I knew what homosexuality was. I, you know, I knew it's it just, I never thought about it. I never knew any other gay kids in high school. There may have been. Um, I have many stories of, I found out years later of kids that, played with kids. I wasn't one of them. I was never invited to those groups. <laughs> um, so I never had any fun like that either. I was a, a good guy. I always wanted to do the right thing. I was brought a pretty strict Catholic, you know, a pretty strict Catholic upbringing with follow the rules, do what I was supposed to do, um, and just go that path. And that's just, that was my mind frame. Um, even when I went to college, you know, now we're talking, I, we graduated in 1989, in 1990s, when I was at college, I was involved in theater. I had tons of gay friends. Um, I just never associated myself as gay then either. Like I never had thoughts of, of being with a man or, you know, having, and by that time I had a girlfriend and we were in love, eventually ended up getting married. Um, but it was like, I hung around all those, those gay friends and then would bring them home. And I'm, there's still some of my best friends to this day. Again, I could probably ask them and like, did you think I was gay or no, I was gay? They'd probably say, well, yeah, of course. You know, part of me is like, well, darn, why didn't you tell me? Then again, I'm like, well, I kind of like where I am now in my life. So I'm, I'm glad I went through everything that I went through to get to where I'm at. So it's, you know, it's, it could go either way, I guess. Like, I, I really wish someone would have sat me down and because no one never did. No one ever said, don't you think about like that you're gay? And like, you know, I never had that conversation with anyone. No one ever said that. Maybe it was again, early nineties, still not like maybe in today's culture, someone would be able to say that. Um, but back then we were still living in the AIDS crisis. We were still living in a very homophobic place. Um, yeah. and it wasn't as accepted as it is in today's society. So totally different world. 
But again, and people may or may not believe me, and that's fine. You take well, it what you want. But I really I had no just, sexual attraction to men. Like I, I just didn't. Yeah. I just want to interject for a second there only. And again, I know this is about your coming out story, but you know, you said no one sat you down and you know, I'm not trying to like compete with your story, but like, here's, here's something that, and then back in the, in the day, back in our day, the eighties, whatever, unfortunately, no one talked about sex in a lot of homes, never mind, and, you know, in sexuality. And I know, I, I don't mean not trying to compete, but someone might be like, well, so what you're straight. Well, it can be confusing to be straight as well, uh, as far as knowing what the hell to do. And I can tell you, my parents probably thought maybe they realized maybe when like 10 years ago, Oh yeah, I guess maybe she has sex. Um, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it were Irish Catholic repressed household um, where it's, it wasn't talked about. So it, it would be, would have been helpful to have had a conversation, you know, whether, yeah. you know, straight or gay, it would have been helpful to know more than, because let me say the Catholic school didn't teach us much. Um, right. You know. And I was, I was just going to say the Catholic school didn't help in that regards either because they would tell you not to have sex, to abstain, not to use condoms and not to be gay because it's a sin and you'll go to hell. So, and again, this is where I may offend people, but like I, I was born and raised Catholic. Catholic. I'm not a practicing Catholic now. A lot of it has to do with my upbringing, or excuse me, with my coming out and just issues I have with the political side of the Catholic Church. But, uh, you know, that's, my, again, my story. That's, <clears throat> I, if, if you are, I don't mean to offend you, that be healthy and just be nice to people is all I ask. <laughs> um, but I think that's very true. Sexuality is very, and again, I think it's, it's discussed now a lot more openly and better than it was back when we were kids because we were afraid of it topic you know we couldn't say it or we would blush or you would only like joke about it with friends or it wasn't anything it wasn't like a topic where you can sit down and be real about it even like when we learned about sexuality who was that priest that we had for that junior year in high school Tressler big laugh that the he laughed and it, you would hear him down the hallways I think I father Tressler I, I don't know his name. You know me. I forget. I, I remember you that I graduated with and that's it. And, and a few <laughs> other friends. That's about all. Um, but like that was like our sexuality, like religion class was sexual. It didn't teach us sexuality. It just it, it just it wasn't what we needed at the time. Um, and it, but again, I what people don't get me wrong. Every single day of my high school career, I was called fag. At least once a day, if not more, by more than numerous people or, you know, queer or fag was used. I just, it never bothered me because I, I didn't identify with that. I wasn't like mad or offended. I'd just be like, whatever, that's their issue. And call me what you want was like my, I just kind of ignored it. Um, and it's funny, 20 years later, all those people wanted to be my friends on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook anymore. And that's maybe one of the reasons why. <laughs> But yeah, so like I, you know, high school wasn't a great time for me. It was in like when we hung out or we did things or I have fond memories of high school, but I also it was, I was bullied and I hated it at the same time. So, um, but again, never had a, like I was called fag every day, but I didn't understand why because I didn't have those thoughts in my head. So it wasn't until after college when I, I graduated from college, had all those gay friends in theater, kept in touch with them. Um, one thing I'll always say is a lot of, you know, you'll see um, people that were gay were hiding their sexuality and turned like 
be very homophobic in their behavior. That's one thing I'll say, and maybe it's because I didn't really have those feelings until I was removed from it, but I was always an ally. I was I always had gay friends. I was always rooting for them and being, you know, it was a part of my life. When I was left college, I got my master's degree, got married to a woman who I was in love with, 100% without a doubt. Um, when I was removed from that and didn't have it, and we moved away, we moved to a different state and we didn't know anyone. And once I was removed from those gay friends and that, that lifestyle that I was so used to seeing, that's when I started saying like something was missing. And I almost kind of went into like a little depression. Like, I wonder mm -hmm. what it is, what's going on. Um, and it was through that, that I started realizing that, okay, maybe I, there's something else about my, my um, individual, who I am as a person and my orientation. Um, Cause being removed from that, I didn't have that, like someone's stories or, or jokes or like being able to be myself around someone. I became more like even more introverted and more to myself and closed off. And I think that's where it, it, it hurt the most. Now, <clears throat> fortunately or unfortunately depends on who's listening to this. We did have a child together, who, which I absolutely do not regret one single bit. Um, as much gray hair as he gives me, he's, one of my most proudest moments that I've ever had in my life. So, um, but that's after his birth is when I, I just, I, I did things, I won't get into details, but I did things I'm not proud of. I did things that I necessarily shouldn't have done and that not my brightest moments on the planet. But again, I own them. I, I know what I did and I know who, who I was. And I, I knew the journey that I was going through, but it was tough. 1998 was the year that I officially came out but I didn't come out. Um, and, and that's around the time it was, again, Madonna's Ray of Light album came out in 1998. And by that time I was in a full depression. I lived in upstate New York. I was working a retail management job. I just, I knew at that point I had feelings towards other men, both sexually and just because being gay just isn't just about being sex, which a lot of people equate it to be. It's more to it. It's more of a feeling of, that's who you are as a person. Um, so it was a really tough time. And I always say that Madonna made me gay, <laughs> jokingly, because that's, you know, but I also Madonna saved my life because of that album. I went through a really, really, really dark period during Ray of Light <clears throat> when that album came out and I kept listening to um, songs, um, The Power of Goodbye, where freedom comes when you learn to say no, creation comes when you learn to let go. And the, the, the title song, of course, but also Drowned World, which is my favorite song of hers, where she sings about, I've traded fame for love. If you substitute fame for like being gay or being who you were, I totally just, I would play that song over and over and over and over and over again. And it was just, I realized it was tough. It was a dark period of my life. I don't wish it on anyone's. There were times that I didn't want to be on this planet anymore. And it, it was very difficult. Madonna pulled me through though, because I, I kept thinking, I don't want her to release a new album and me not be here for it. It might sound silly or trite to people be like, well, that's stupid, but <clears throat> that's what got me through it. I would listen to that album and be like, I want to be around for other Madonna eras and thank God I was. Um, and, but it was and difficult. And you know what, Oliver, I think that's important though, what you just said, because it doesn't matter what someone's reason is, as long as they have one, right? I mean, it, yeah. you want to be around to hear Madonna, someone else, don't, don't, don't belittle whatever it is, just... Yeah, you, you want to have yeah. a reason to be around, yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, and it was tough because <clears throat> like, again, I was born strict Catholic. 
Um, and I remember this one time I was in college and I had brought a bunch of theater friends home. We were going to see Rocky Horror Picture Show in Wilkes-Barre. We did the field trip with the group and we we're going down. We stopped at my house and we had Maroni's pizza because that's what my mother was like, oh, bring everyone. <clears throat> and she was always gracious and nice to everyone. And then we went like that following Thanksgiving or whenever it was or Christmas holiday, my niece at the time asked, heard something on television and she was little at the time. She's now 36 years old. Oh my goodness, we're all old. Um, but she was, I know, isn't that hard to believe? Oh. Um, but she asked a question like, what's, what is, like, I don't know if, I don't think it was the term lesbian, but like, what does it mean when two boys kiss or two girls kiss? And my mom, ex like, kind of explained, I, I can still visually see her, Ashley, that's her name, was sitting next to my mom, cleaning up her books, and my mom was helping her clean up. And my mom explained, oh, that's when, like, a boy and a boy love each other, and they kiss, and, and Ashley went, ugh. And my mom said, that's right, ugh, you don't want that. And that's something that stood with me. So I had a conversation like that afterwards with my, I'm like, mom, you just had a lot of gay people in your house and you're, that's what you're teaching. You're teaching Ashley that it's yuck, it's not good. Um, and this was long before I had any type of feelings or anything, but it's something that stood by me. Um, and it was one of those stories that and my mom was like, you're right. I, you know, she, she got it and understood. And she's like, you know, right. But that was your typical answer in the early nineties. Like, oh, we don't want to be gay. That's awful. Don't, that's a horrible lifestyle. You're going to die of AIDS. You know, that's one of the things my mother said once I came out to her, um, you know, she was afraid that I was going to die of AIDS. I, I get that a lot of my men, my age had that same conversation with their parents. <laughs> so mm. it was very common that they were just, that's how, that's how much AIDS was such, a, you know, just encompass the whole gay community. So, um, but that story, after I realized who I was and that I was gay or at least bisexual or had feelings towards men, however, you know, I wanted to um, evolve in a human. It's now, it's funny in like today's society, it's okay for someone to evolve in their sexuality and being sexual fluidity or whatever it's called mm -hmm. or some things that yeah. I don't even understand it. in the LGBTQ community that I just am learning myself, but it's so much easier for someone to say, well, I'm evolving into this human. Back in the nineties, it was like, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina and girls like boys and boys like girls. And that's pretty much how I was raised and taught. So there was no fluidity to it. So like when I was coming out, I was like, well, maybe I just like guys a little bit. I didn't know, like it was still all confusing, but that's one of the stories that came to my mind. And I was like, I don't want to offend my mother. Like my mother thinks it's ugh. Cause even though she apologized for that story, it's still something that stuck to me, stuck with me. Like, I don't want my mom to think that I'm disgusting or whatever, you know, she was thinking. So, yeah. so it took me a let while. Me, let me ask if you don't mind me asking here about your, your, your dad was um, kind of military, I guess you could say, right. His, his position was kind of, he was in the national guard for 20 plus years. He retired yeah. from the national guard. Yeah. Did um, his, because I, I, you know, I don't want to add stereotypes here, but I mean, it's more of a, you know, manly, quote unquote, manly kind of thing being in the military and the military has through the years not always been the best. Well, not the best for women either, obviously, with all their hidden mm -hmm. scandals and, and, you know, uh, for homosexuality. So did did his uh, his position, his demeanor, his character have when you look back, do you think that influenced you at all or? No, my dad was, I was mama's boy, which again, shocking, right? Um, I had a, a, a very good relationship with my dad and still do to this day. Um, but I, it was never like, he was not someone that, he wasn't the disciplinarian. 
he, you know, my mother ran that household. She paid the bills. She <laughs> like, she, so it was her that like, I was more like wanting to please and wanting to be like, make sure she was okay with it. My dad was just my dad in the background kind of. So, and like, it, it's funny, like I, and, and to be honest with you, I never actually came out to them. Um, I was married at the time. However, it evolved into her finding out Again, I'll spare you the gory details. <laughs> um, I drove, I remember driving to my mom and dad's because she kept saying, you have to tell your parents. And I was like, you know, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to. So I, one day I just drove there. It was a two hour drive, two and a half hour drive. I drove to my mom's house. My dad wasn't there. He was working. My mom was there and she's like, what are you doing here? And I just, I literally walked around the house very uncomfortably for like two hours. And it's like, okay, I'm going home again. And I couldn't do it. And I, and I ended up driving two and a half hours back and I went back and I was like, I just couldn't do it. I had to go away for work that next um, three days up in uh, upstate New York. And my mom had called my then wife and she told my mom. So I never did, again, I, it kind of irks me that I didn't get a chance to tell it, tell them. Um, I had my chance, I guess, but I also, you can't come out until you're ready to come out it's very important. You can't like, it's, it's just, it's, it's your time when it's your time. So I felt like they knew. So then like for three weeks, I didn't talk to my mom and dad um, until they drove up to work. I worked in a retail store. They showed up at my work and like, you know, you're ignoring our cause. You are. And we all three of us cried in the parking lot of the, <laughs> of the mall that I worked at. And, you know, it was, that was the beginning of, you know, our healing, you know, and then there was those questions. And I say healing because, we never had, like, they were never like shunt. They never threw me out. They couldn't throw me out as an adult. They never like, I was still always welcomed. There was never any like hard feelings. There was tough conversations that we would have. And my mom and dad never really were kind of people like, we don't show our feelings. We push them under the rug. That's the way just family. I'm still like that. Like when I'm angry or mad, I don't say it. I just, it, I let it fester. And that's just the way I was, my family was too. So like we've had conversations. It, it wasn't until years later did my mother start asking about someone that I was dating or who this person was in my life and becoming more comfortable with it. She was way ahead of my dad in that curve. And again, my dad was never offended or rude or none of those things to either me or my partner at the time. Um, now to say like my mom, obviously, you know, passed away. She's no longer here, but like my dad, like he just sent us a card, like, uh, I think it was a Christmas card that says for your son and his husband. I'm like, you know, like, it's just funny how far, like, you know, now it's just, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's a cliche. It gets better. I think Dan Savage started that whole campaign. Mm -hmm. It gets better campaign to help kids realize that it, you'll work. Through. It really does. It really does get better. Um, I'm still cautious of where I'm at and I know my surroundings. Maybe that's my age. Maybe I'm not as comfortable in my, I, I'm comfortable in my skin. And I do feel like I'm more gay now than I've ever been. You know, whether it's the way I act, the way I speak, I just think I'm just more comfortable in my skin. I just, and I just really don't care. But I'm always surrounding, like I live now in a red state, scared of that. Um, so I'm cautious only because the Catholic church was, you know, I was taught it was a sin um, Republicans didn't want us to get married and, and didn't want us to be in and, and Republican friends and my family would always say, well, we don't disagree. We don't agree with that. And I would always say, well, you're still voting for those people that are making the laws though. So 
do you really like let's you know so i i've lost a lot of friends um because of my my break off with the church and my political stances because of it but it it just it means so much to me and and 1998 was also the year that matthew shepherd happened i came out in like june of that year and then in october he was tragically beaten and killed um in 1998 and that just that added a whole new level of scare like you know that's where we were still at that time in 1998 like it still was you were scared about you know being gay and being open about it because were you going to be the next Matthew Shepard which is horrible to, you know not to use his name and uh, as like a cliche but or because his story is very close to my heart there's a song by Melissa Etheridge called, called Scarecrow um that you should listen to it's a great song and it's she talks about you know his life and that and there's also a movie called the Laramie Project which is uh, an excellent show yeah. but that they made it into I think HBO did a movie um, and it's very well done, it's documentaries. So there was a lot of things that happened around that time that it, it wasn't a great year or so for me, but thank God for Madonna, that's all I'll say. And that's why I stick by her at 2021. She's still my queen. <laughs> well, so, I have whole new so respect that's my, for Madonna. <laughs> um, and she's always been one to embrace the gay community, even in the early 1980s, when all of her friends were dying of AIDS, pretty much in New York. And she was having concerts and saying things like that. And she was, she's the one that brought sex, like the whole sex book and erotica, like she, so what we weren't learning from where we should have been at home and, and schools or whatever, we were learning from pop culture. Was that the right way to do it? At least we were learning about it. At least it was, she was putting it out there and she used herself and she was, you know, she's a target herself for, for a lot of conservative people that feel like she's done a lot of bad in this world. For me, she's she's done a lot of good for it, um, and she's put herself out there. And she gets beaten up all the time, but she's tough. She's tough, broad, so she can take it. Yeah, well, and I think that's um I don't know it's it, it made me think of an interesting point or an important point about you know she talked about it in her songs and she got it out there and you know again not to go back to because again I don't think it doesn't matter like my story your story who's whatever more important we're all important but talking about sexuality is important and, and not even just sexuality sex um and not and not doing the whole like well don't do it I, th I think it's just important like so many topics you know we live in an interesting time now with you know just with you know women's equality we're still not there women are being abused left and right and killed my god the amount of domestic violence is disgusting and i, I you know as as a woman i feel like wow we've come a long way baby it's like well jesus you know <laughs> uh we have a hell of a lot farther to go but we need to talk well, they about say that. 10 steps forward, two steps back or yeah, whatever the yeah. number and you want to attach yeah. to. It. I feel like we're going backwards in many ways in this country, you know, with, with women's equality, with race issues. Um, but what, what my point was just going to be, like you said about Madonna singing about it, like it is important that we do raise issues and have conversations, even mm. if we are scared because, oh, well, I don't know how I feel about something, or I don't know if I understand it, or I might disagree, or I might, I might offend. I think the worst thing that we can do is just to, to fester, right? To, you know, yeah. the people who have thoughts and they don't fully understand something, have conversations and it's okay if they're uncomfortable. In fact, they're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. If, you know what I mean? If we're coming from different sides of the aisle, they're going to be uncomfortable. And guess what? We have to get past that discomfort if we're ever going to get any kind of unity. At least that's what I feel. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And, you know, about the whole sex thing, it's like, 
you know, I look, and again, not, not that I'm cr- crying about my experiences, but I'll tell you, I, I learned nothing about sex. My parents did not talk to, and I still don't know a hell of a lot. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I know how to take care of myself. Um, you know, we and that's talk, all that matters. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't talked about in Catholic school. I mean, in my standup, I talk about how we had like hygiene class where, you know, a sister would say, if you're in the shower and the water should happen to splash up and it should happen to feel good, get out of the water. Um, Because we didn't have conversations about sex. My parents didn't talk to us about sex. I remember being on a bus uh, to Canada uh, with Sharon and and talking, and she's the one who taught me, not that I'm saying she knew about it back then, but what a blowjob was. And we were 15, and I thought it was literally going like a hairdryer. That's not what it is. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong I, this whole time. I, I've got many bad Yelp reviews from my BJs. <laughs> oh, I'm sure kidding, that's not kidding. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I agree. I agree. I think, um, and, and a lot of it, a lot of people, and may, some people think that coming out is not necessary. Like, you know, well, why does it matter? It doesn't matter anymore. Like when I remember Ricky Martin came out and people were like, who cares? Or Anderson Cooper. I'm like, it matters. Because when, like, I think of my young self seeing, you know, someone like that, I maybe would have had less of a traumatic time in 1998 if I'm like, no, there's other people out there that are like me. Even though I knew that, it's still, you know, those were just friends. Those were like, these were like, so when people come out, it's still important. It still matters. When people talk about things that you, you know, are talking about some that matter in life to them and to other people, it's important to talk about them, sing about them, write plays about them. Art is a perfect way to get your like feelings and, and, and thoughts out into the world and, and, you know, cause conversation. What's wrong with conversation? You don't have to agree 100% with anything I'm saying, and I don't have to agree with 100% of what you're saying, but we both should, both sides should be heard, you know? Absolutely, and, yeah. And I think it's important. I'm going to just say that there's, you said both sides should be heard. That's true. I think we need to learn too, that there's not just two sides, right? I think we're, we're getting into this, you know, you know, I've said this many times to people and I'm like, you know, I'm proud of myself. Whoop-de-doo. I came up with this. I'm sure I'm not the first to say it, but I feel (laughs) whoop-de-doo. When do you get to use that word? Whoop-de-doo. You don't hear it often very much. You don't hear it often, but I feel like we're in this swipe right, swept left, swipe left mentality where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so we want things now. We have to make split decisions. We have to feel right or left. And it's, quite frankly, bullshit. And I mean, I don't want to get off on my, but it's, it's not just bullshit. It's dangerous. Right. So, and we need to stop that because, and that's what, you know, you got off of Facebook. So kudos to you because I'm on it because I don't miss it at all. I don't, you know what I, I get on and I roll my eyes because it's like, people share people. I, I'd love for people to know what can who Cambridge Analytica is and all this stuff, because it's like, I, I sometimes feel so frustrated. People won't share like, you know, a small business or like I have comedy shows, like please share a post, but they'll share a meme with misspelled words in it, or they'll share the latest meme or whatever long post about vaccinations or not vaccinations. And it's like, you know, that this is like computer generated that you're sharing and you're not going to change mine. So if you feel like you're educating, I hate to tell you, but you're not. Um, And we already know how you feel because it's all all over your profile and your page. So, but again, that's for them. I can unfriend them if I want to, whatever, but I don't want to get off on that. And I don't want to piss anybody off, but 
I just want to make it important that most people I truly believe are not X or Y, right? We're not on one end of the spectrum or the other. And I think we need to stop with this extreme nonsense. It's like a lot of us, I'll say myself, I only speak for myself, live kind of in the middle. Like a lot of times it's like, mm -hmm. yes, I am a Democrat and I call myself liberal, but I have to say in certain ways anymore, I'm becoming a little bit more moderate and that's okay. We don't all have to be extreme, you know? And in fact, it's dangerous because uh, there are things in life where there are gray areas, I guess, is the point that yeah. I want to get to. Yeah. Because you could say, well, I, I agree with the point that this person just made, but I kind of feel like what I've seen and you you can have something to add. And they, we shouldn't say to the person, oh, so you feel this way, do you? Like, like stop trying to put people in bins so you know how to sort right. them. I mean, that's just for I people. Th I think a lot of that has to do with people just, they don't want to learn. Because I think if you just took the time to listen to someone, read an article, watch a video about something to inform yourself, to make an opinion. Um, we are, the, we are a, a headline reading culture right now where we read the headline, but we're not reading the story. There's, there's many stories out there, whether it's about coming out or feminism or whatever your, your passion is in life, read a story about it, listen to it. And you might, you might not change your mind 100%, but you might see a point of view that you hadn't seen before and it opens your mind to like being accepting. Like, I'll be honest, like with, within the LGBTQ community, the, the association of they, like, or I don't even know how to say, it, and this is my bad, I'm owning this. Like, I don't fully understand it as of yet. So I keep reading about it. I keep trying to understand all the different sexualities that are out there now. I had such a hard time being just gay. I can't imagine being, more than that like there's there's just so much more out there now for for men and women and children to just know it's just it's scary and exhausting um so like i don't i even i don't understand everything um but i try not to judge it like i might be like hmm i don't get it i i won't put something on facebook and say this is stupid because i don't have facebook um i'll read about it or I'll look or, or you know, I, I'll ask someone that, you know, uses pronouns of, of they and them, talk to me about it. Like, I, I, I please inform me, enlighten me, I'll understand it. Because I, I don't think people were probably feeling that way in the, in the 1980s about gay. Like, well, no, but, you know, if we just talked about a new, like Harvey Milk, one of my heroes in life said, if they knew that your milkman and your lawyer and your mailman and your neighbor and your teacher and were gay, they would be more accepting of it. So I think that we just need to incorporate that way of thinking, like just know, just know more. Just, there's nothing wrong with learning. You may not agree with it, but learn about it and don't judge it. So, yeah. Well, and I will, you know, you, you own who you are, how you feel. And I will own too, that I don't get the they, and I'll even go farther and say, I do judge it <laughs> only because <laughs> not because I'm judging the people who use it, but I feel like it's a word that's used because it's the only other pronoun. And, and from a grammatical standpoint, because I'm a word nerd, You're word nerd. it gets, <laughs> it gets, I'm a word nerd. It gets very confusing and it's plural, right? So I feel right. like it's used because it's what we have in the English language. I would never speak for someone who does use that as, as their pronoun, but I can't imagine that they love that as the pronoun, you know what I mean? I think it's just what's available because we only have so many words and so many pronouns. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a hard time with that and it gets, it gets a little bit, 
because because I'm trying to understand, like I get the idea of not identifying as a Mm -hmm. woman or a man, but then what does they mean to me? I just hear plural when I hear it. So that is, yes, I will own that. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit like, huh, confused by it and thrown by it. And I will also say we go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was just going to interject. I'm sorry. Like I even get the whole, like, I completely uh, am on board and accepting of like the transgender. I get that. Because I know what it felt like for me to identify as finally accepting that I liked men and that I am a gay man. I totally understand the idea of a man feeling like he's a man in a woman's body or vice versa. Like I, so I completely on board with that. For, there's just something about the they that I, I just feel like I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable on it. And maybe you should have a podcast about it. <laughs> well, I actually do. you know do, anyone that identifies as I that? Do. I do. I do. Oh, do you? Okay. I do. And I want to talk to that person. Um, you know, Excellent. And, and, I will and listen this, to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would, oh, you'll listen to that. <laughs> Finally, a show that I can relate to. I, I listen You're to your like, show. Oh, oh, God. I'm one of your listeners, girl. Please. <laughs> I'm your Don't number one me. fan. Oh, Annie Wilkes. Um, no, I that know. would be because I again, I, you know, I admit that that's and I don't I don't have a problem with it. I just don't understand it. So I can't fully like wrap my mind around it. Um, I understand a lot like transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual. I, I think bisexuals lose. It's funny. I read an article the other day. Now I'm going on a little tangent. Sorry. But like we're like bisexual men are the most looked down apart of the uh, LGBTQ umbrella, because for a woman to be bisexual is like any man's straight man's like fantasy. So it's like, it's almost looks, but a man who's bisexual is, and the article was saying like, it's mostly, most people's reaction to that is, oh, he's just not fully gay yet. He doesn't want to commit. Where a woman is like, oh no, she's bisexual. That's okay. Like, it's just funny how, so there's just read, just read, you know, if you're interested in something, just read an article, read, you know, or watch a YouTube video. I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there that you can find information on. Just be careful about where they're getting their sources from, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But um, well, and to, I want to say something to what you just said, though, about, again, a, and I'm coming at this as a woman, like you said, oh, okay, so it's okay because it's it's men's fantasy. But therein, that doesn't really, that is kind of offensive and annoying about, like, so because men like the idea of a woman being with a woman, that's more accepted. But that's kind of shitty because it's like, okay, we're not, we don't exist so that you can jerk off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, right. you know I didn't mean what I mean? to offend you by saying no, that. No, 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 no. And you that didn't, was, it's just that like, was the this article, is the world we live the in. That's the article was, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying that, you know, most, yeah, most men say that. Cause I, I guess like, do, do straight women look at two men together as something as sexually provocative? If they do, they don't. I know I have one friend who says, I love gay porn because it just, it's just a bunch of penises and that's what I like. <laughs> Um, I, I think she's rare in that. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, um, no, I, I would say, and again, it's okay. We, we can use, I know we, we, we have to be so careful, but I, and I'm, and I'm sorry about it, but I mean, there are certain stereotypes. Let's face it. People may not want to hear this, but what, what do you think marketing is based on? You know what I mean? Cause it's like certain people will do X, Y, Z behaviors. So they exist. It's okay. So yeah, I think overall for years, we know, we, we seem to know that a lot of straight men like to see the exi- the idea of a woman being with a woman is, is sexually appealing to them like it you know mm-hmm. ooh, that's you know that's hot and they'll watch it in a porn and no to your point 
there are not as many, I don't know any women and I don't, I mean, maybe there are some, but that is not the, the general stereotype that like a woman, a straight woman wants to see two men together. Like, right, you know, that's right. not something typical, you know what I mean? But I, but, and I wasn't saying you offended me. I just think there we are again about like, I swear it was women. the article. I don't know. <laughs> I no, can't no, quote no, it. I don't I, have no, it. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm saying this more for listeners. It's just funny to me or interesting. Like, so yes, you're right that I could totally see that straight men not accepting you know, bisexual men, but Ooh, a woman and a woman that's hot. Well, again, you know, they're not, they don't exist just to, you know, get you hot. So, right, right. um, yeah. <laughs> so there you, no, have it. <laughs> there you have it. No, no, I, it's just, again, that's just me as a woman going, you know, we still have a long way to go. Everybody's a got long a voice to, go. to be heard. So, um, again, 10 steps forward, two steps back. It seems like yeah. that's just the way we progress here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, Hey, Hey, so, hey, um, we've talked for a little bit now, and I, I'm i trying to keep the podcast a little bit, not super long, because, again, you talked about swipe right, swipe left before a lot of people. People already stopped listening minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. So we're talking for the, ourselves here. No, but it is it is true. And like you said before, read an article, watch a video or whatever. I don't want to insult anyone by saying this, but again, this is there's studies and and research done because this is the truth, and not just research, but uh, algorithms and analytics of how long people watch something. People don't watch videos for very long. They we have this very short attention span, and unfortunately, I won't say unfortunately because it's not unfortunate. We need to take time. We need to take time to learn. We need to take time to get to know people. And even if we think, okay, our first impression, yeah. Hey, here, I'm going to go out on a limb, give them a second chance and maybe, okay. So I don't like that they believe this, but I like spending time with them and how they make me feel. And you know, that we, we both run, but you know, maybe we just won't talk politics because we don't agree or whatever. So it's okay. And, and I think, and I, I'm going to go on my rant. So I apologize. It's like, we have become so like, we want instant gratification and that just stinks. I'm sorry. It just stinks because I, you know, I was thinking of this the other day where it's like, Alexa, turn down my thermometer to 62 degrees. Alexa, play my favorite jazz. Alexa, draw me a warm bath. I mean, like, holy crap, could we get any lazier? And again, I have to be careful because I'll be going off on a tangent here, but I think it's dangerous not to get like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to sound, but it's dangerous because not just about the laziness but we have to do things for ourselves. We have to learn things for ourselves. We can't just say, oh, I saw this one article. I read the first two sentences. I'm all caught up and now I'm going to share it. And, you know, oh my God, that's the best. That's the worst. You know, take time, take time. That's all I would mm -hmm. say. And, yeah. and, and again, you know, it's, it's funny to me and I apologize and I'm going to stop my rant. A lot of people will say, oh, we didn't have time to do this or that. And it's like, but you'll see them post all day on Facebook. I'm not saying all day, but you'll see 10 posts. It's like, well, you know, did that take you 15 minutes, an hour or whatever? Take that time. Watch a 10 minute video about something where you learn something or, you know, listen read to a podcast. A yeah, listen to a podcast like this one. If I haven't already pissed you off, um, read a chapter or two. Of you a didn't piss anyone off. If you piss anyone off during this, then please, they need to get a life and stop listening to podcasts because there's a lot. There's a lot of podcasts out there, trust me. And some of them are a lot harsher than this. <clears throat> and this wasn't oh, harsh at all. This was lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will is, say oh, that I, love I, lovely. I think for me and you, I think growing up in the 80s, when they released, um, like Madonna's going to have a new album coming out in March of 1989. And it was like, 
1988 and you waited all those months and it had to be, it came out on a Tuesday and you just waited and you didn't have it like click, there it was. I'm okay with that. I miss those days of waiting and anticipation. So that's why I still read books. I still read articles. Um, I like to have a physical something in my hand. So I still have old school books you can see behind me if you're watching i have Aww. books that's what those hey, are yes those hey, aren't fake kids tune into youtube to see what a real book looks like a <laughs> lot of stephen king misery's on the top shelf by the way because oh. i take that out quite often annie wilkes um so anyway i think mr mr man i forget what you called him mr man oh she says a lot of cock-a-duty things cock-a-duty. <laughs> i love that movie and book. kathy it's bates real. is delightful she's fantastic she yeah and how we got on kathy bates during my coming out story is perfect to me <laughs> <laughs> kathy bates just rocks yeah so yes there you go there you go. Okay. Well, cool. But yeah, I, I mean, I know we're probably going to sound like, you know, we talked about this earlier, like, oh, we're getting old and curmudgeonly. And that's Grandma and okay. Grandpa there. Yeah. Misses the 1980s. Yeah. It is, oh. it's, I don't apologize for that. It's, they I, miss their know. books and their cassette tapes. Oh my God. <laughs> Not cassette tapes. Remember when they unraveled and you had to get a pencil and turn them back yes. in? Oh, I hated can, that. Can I tell you a student I had a couple of years ago? Um, I taught part-time at King's College in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, I was like, Four years ago maybe this girl she god love them um she like cracked up and thought it was Western hilarious hearts. that her dad or her i was her dad or grandfather had a car that was an oldsmobile she's like it's called oldsmobile <laughs> and she like giggled i was like okay this is somehow that was funny <laughs> to her and then she's like and it has a cassette player i was like okay yeah so we had an eight yeah. track player in our car that's all <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to say, okay, you can chalk up some things to, um, you know, like maybe, you know, we're, we're being a little bit in the past or we're being a little bit curmudgeonly. Yeah, that does come with age, but uh, it's not just about that. It can't all just be chalked up to that. And I think to your point about like waiting for music to be released, just like waiting for a series. Can you imagine how we waited from week to week to see what was going to happen? What are those... show in 24 hours. <laughs> I know. What are those Bo and Luke Duke boys going to do next? Or, you know what I mean? Like what was the Incredible Hulk on Friday? I never with watched pizza? that show. Okay. Oh, you never watched the Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk. Yes. Bo and Luke Duke. No, and it's because Waylon Jennings was my dad's favorite artist, and he did the theme song to it, and I would just roll my eyes and like leave the room. So no, I never watched Bone Luke Duke. Oh, that makes me break out a rash a little bit. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no, But yeah, we had to wait and like wait for things to be released. And again, I'm not saying life shouldn't be easier for people, but I do think sometimes you do learn a little bit about self-control. You learn about anticipation. I'm sure there's research done on this. You know, I I talk about in my business, Laugh to Live, the value of laughter. Well, there's research that shows that even the anticipation of a joke that you've heard before or watching like I watch Seinfeld over and over and The Office, I know where the jokes are. That is even healthy where you're like, oh, here comes that funny part. That's good for you. So anticipation is kind of a good thing. You know what I mean? How about like dating, how you anticipate the phone call and you're all nervous and you know, oh my God, is he going to- How do people even date anymore? I don't even know. I've been so much out of that market for a long time. I I wouldn't. I don't know. (laughs) They swipe right or they swipe You're in that market. (laughs) I don't know. You know what? The market I'm in is like, you know, the light needs to be changed. It's flickering. There's only like two cans of soup and like, I don't don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I'm in is not really for, well, any hoots. We'll talk about that another day. Okay. That took a okay. turn. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not dating. I'm 
I'm in a, a Florida 90 year old relationship. <laughs> I don't know what I'm in. Hey, I'm at a senior home with my life. <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> works for you. Now the, the listeners you, are honey. like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, I, I'm a, a Janine sexual. So let's put it that way. I, I solo like sexual. There is something called solo sexual where you please solo yourselves sexual. and yeah. A lot of men and women live that lifestyle of not dating and just please themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. That's, that's, that's okay. So we'll go away. <laughs> We're not going to end on that note and Janine being <laughs> solo sexual because she's the only one that can get the job done right now. Um, we're not going to go there. <laughs> any Anyhoots. Right, so any, any hoots, Oliver, as always, I love you to death. And I, I hope our listeners were able to get through us and me interjecting. And I apologize if I did offend, although, like I said, I think it's okay that we can get, you know, we can, we can hear something we don't like without having to, you know, have it ruin our lives or our day at the very least. Um, so hopefully Absolutely. you'll, you'll tune in again. Is there anything else that you wanted to say, Oliver? Cause again, I know we had some laughs here, but I, I do hope that someone listens to your story and I'm sure there are people out there that can relate to it, learn from it a little bit, get some hope or inspiration, anything else yeah. that you would want to share. Just thank you for, no one's ever asked me my coming out story before. So you're the first person that would, was actually interested in hearing about it. And it, everyone's story is different. Um, there's so many resources out there to help anyone that's questioning or has feelings or some, I was lucky where I was, Old, I was an adult when I came out, so I didn't have that whole angst of being a teenager and being afraid of what our family might think and what would happen to your life. So there's many resources out there. Look into them. HRC is the one on the top of my head that comes out. There's the Trevor Project. There's many different um, avenues for you to explore. Help is on the way if you need it. Um, thankfully, we're in a society now where you know people are more and more accepting of different lifestyles, and I think that's great. Um, but that's not always the case for everybody. So, you know, if you do need help, I, that, and that's why I still think coming out is important. There's a, I, I'm not a celebrity by any means. I'm just an average Joe. My name's not Joe though. <laughs> I'm just an average guy. You're an average O. <laughs> I'm never Joe. <laughs> I'm just an average person like who lives in a quote unquote normal life, who's married and is getting a new house and, you know, and just living his life the best way that he knows how to live it. And there's nothing wrong with that. So just thank you for letting me share the story and hope someone got something out of it. Or I hope you maybe understand me a little bit more that things that you didn't know that I was going through or knew or had happened. So that's all. So thanks. Well, thank you. For, I honestly do thank you for sharing. Um, and like you said, everybody's story is different. I actually, for this month, for for my listeners, if you're still hanging in there, hanging in there and listening. Um, <laughs> hang in there. It's worth it. Hang in there. Um, I am going to have, hopefully, if I can arrange the uh, the the time schedule for everybody, I will. I would like to have a couple more different stories. Um, I, I do have a one. I won't name the person yet because I don't know if she's going to have time, but a younger person, a, a Gen Z um, and I'm sure her story will be different. And, um, you know, but again, I think it, to our point before we talked about getting older, being curmudgeonly and yeah, I make jokes about, oh, millennials, I roll my eyes or Gen Z, but we can all learn from one another, honestly. Um, Absolutely. and it goes in both directions every day. We can learn something and we can learn from one another and we should try and to something you said before, which I love, just be kind, right? Be kind. That's it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we need it. Um, 
Yeah. You know, and there are days that I'm like, I hate people and I don't, which is the point. I'm like, I don't hate people. I just, I just hate assholes. But then I go, you know what? There's an asshole in all of us. I, I act like an asshole at times too. So let's do our best to be kind. And again, um, learn about things that you're scared to learn about, ask questions, have conversations. That's how we're going to get better. That's how we're going to get, uh, united and love one another as humans. So thank you, Oliver. Uh, I want to thank anyone and everyone who has been listening and is still listening to hear this closing. Uh, you've been listening to another episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. And I am Funny Wine Girl Janine. I hope you'll tune in again soon and be kind and uncork something beautiful. <laughs>